Welcome. You're about to hear an inspirational message by David Entry. May your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards God as you listen to this life-transforming message. Press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released. Blessed are your ears for the things they hear. Why couldn't the Lord do? The Lord could not. The Lord, what was the Lord, the Lord meant to be? But it couldn't do because it was weak through the flesh. Romans 8, 3. For the law, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. God said, I'm going to do it myself. But he should have known better. Didn't he know that this law you are giving, the flesh can't keep it? Why do you have to give a law which we can't keep and then later you yourself come and keep? So the law, even though on the outside it looks like it was bringing life, it wasn't just bringing life. The function of the law was not, the law has life because it came from God. <coughs> but it cannot give life to, a, to the flesh because of the sin in the flesh. So that's why we read Romans chapter 7. The law of God, the law of sin in my members, the law of my mind. There was a battle. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So it's not the law of the spirit. It's the spirit of life. That spirit of life, it has a law. So once you receive the life of God, that spirit of life that we have, it comes with the law of God. That helps you to be able to do the law of your mind against the law of your members. But for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. So the law was supposed to do something which it couldn't do in the flesh. So why did God have to give us a law which can't, we can't keep? Is it fair? Is it fair to give a year one pupil a university course work to do? I mean, what's wrong? It's not fair. Before I go to Christ in you, I want to explore this whole thing people missed, which is the mystery of God. The law is part of the mystery of God. The law was not just to give us life. God give, gave us the law not for us to keep the law. Because you can't keep it. You can't keep it. So why did he give us the law? There must be a reason. <laughs> I want to give you one bad reason. And I'll give you some two other good reasons. Number one, in Romans chapter three, you know, and there's a lot in Romans. Yeah. Because most people can't get their head around the mystery of God. They don't even know there's a mystery. So people are in church, they think it's just to be nice. God is who bless me. No, no, there are better, better reasons for being in church than God just blessing you. And even less, less blessing, what you, what you, depends on what you define as blessing. 
All people different. All kinds of people define different things. Somebody getting money believes that that's their blessing. Somebody getting healed is their blessing. So they think that's the God is blessing me. Now things are going well. No, that's 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 low. That's the lowest grade of blessings. The lowest because your life does not consist in the abundance of things you have. So why would God define your life by the things He's giving you? You understand that? That's Luke chapter 12, verse 15, isn't it? Yeah. A man's life does not consist. So why would God make the quality of your life be built around the material possession and things he's giving you. So when people are talking, God is blessing me, God is blessing me, we sometimes we have to pause and ask, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by God is blessing you? Even David, one of the greatest who ever lived, his definition of blessing was interesting. In Romans chapter, um, I think, yeah, yeah, chapter 5, yeah. We'll come to Romans chapter 3 in a minute. But Romans chapter 5, uh, I, I think verse 3 and 4, Bible talks about how David spoke about the blessedness. Bible says that um, um, tribulation, no, no. I think chapter 4, chapter 4 verse 3. It's chapter 4. You can say, Abraham believed God. Look at verse 4. Verse 5. I'll just show you something quickly. Uh, uh, Go to verse 6. I think, yeah. Just as David also described blessedness of the man who's, uh, whom God, or to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. David said this thing is a blessing that God will look at you. You haven't done anything good. And then God gives you your righteous. Sorry. God imputes righteousness on you. Oh, you didn't think about what I'm saying. You haven't, you haven't obeyed any law. You haven't done the law. But God inputs, imputes. Is that the word they say input? You know, when someone has made an input into your account. So in theology, in theological circles, we have imputed righteousness and imparted righteousness. Now, when we have when we talk about inputs, then you are talking about an account. Everybody has got accounts. You have a spiritual account. And from the day you were born, your spiritual account is red, negative, sin. There's no righteousness inside it. And then when you come to Christ, in spite of the abortion you have done, in spite of the fornications and in spite of the lying and all that, when you come to Christ, give me your quote, please. So you come to Christ. You, that's, that's, that's you. You were born with all this baggage and sin in you and then sins you have committed. And then you come to Christ. He comes to Jesus, I give my life to as soon this is the cross. As soon as you get to the cross, you give your life to Christ. That charge is dropped. And so it's like you have never sinned. But that's not good enough. Because for you to be able to get a job, it's not good enough to having passed have not never failed an exam. You must have passed some. <laughs> you must have passed. So you have a certificate. Some people don't have a certificate, but they have not filled an exam. Why? Because they haven't written anything. They haven't written. But the certificate shows that you have written and you have passed. So now that you are going to be dealing with God, there must be, you must be a righteous person to be able to deal with God. But you are not righteous. Just that your sins are forgiven. So you are now zero. There's no plus. So when Christ lived, 
He lived a certain life. And then when you come to Christ, God inputs. He makes an input, a deposit. So it's like down payment. As soon as you become born again, God makes down payment or righteousness into your account. So when you are praying, you are praying based on your righteous. Oh, come on. I feel like preaching. When, when you are praying, when you are doing anything, when you are getting to God, when you are receiving blessing, you are doing it, receiving based on the imputed righteousness. So when you are born again, a lot has happened. In Romans chapter 5, verse, are we in 5? Okay, chapter 5, verse 10, verse 9. And very interesting, most people don't, don't know this scripture. No, verse 10, let's go to verse 10. Now look at this. For if when we were enemies, say we were enemies. We were enemies. <coughs> it's not talking about the devil. It's talking about a we. You sitting here, you were an enemy. At what point in time? You were born an enemy of God. Do you know what reconcile means? You and the guy now, you made up. You make amends. Okay, you can't reconcile me and my mom if I don't have a problem. There's no problem. You reconcile people where there's tension. There's fighting enmity. So if when, when were we reconciled? We haven't stopped being enemies. Whilst we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the you see this death of Christ. So when he died on the cross, he 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 didn't only destroy sin, but he he removed the barrier between us and God, the enmity. And then he, God now look at us and smile again. Because somebody paid for your debt. Right. So, so look, look at verse 8. Look, let's go back to verse 8. Look at this. this, this, this. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. That whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ didn't die for you because you stopped messing up. He died for you whilst you were still messing up. So he says that. So look at the argument here is that I'm I was I was I was, I'm so bad doing bad things, and I am abusing God, insulting God. When I'm doing all that, he actually sent his son instead of arresting me and killing me. He rather sends his son to die for the nonsense I'm doing. Whilst I was, he said, he said, whilst whilst we were still, we haven't stopped. We were still doing it. And he said, okay, you die for them and save them from, ah, I'm still, I'm still annoying you. I'm so silly against you. I'm still doing bad things. Whilst I'm doing it, he said, Jesus, he sent his only son to die for us. Wow. So he says that, verse 10 says that, so then, for if when we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death, you see, the son came to die. Whilst we were enemies, while we were sinning, that's when we were reconciled through his death. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So what that means is that we have now been reconciled. There was, give it to me, it, So, whilst we were sinning, whilst we were still enemies, we didn't stop. We had it. We, uh, 
Christ came to die for us. So once you believe in Christ, your sin is dropped. Amen. Watch this. Then, if he has forgiven you the sins when you were messing up against him, how much more, having now that you have peace with God, his life, the life Jesus lived, the righteous life, he is the only one who could obey the law. How can you get to God without obeying his law? So somebody came to obey it on your behalf. And now that you are, that's why he had to live a human life for 33 years. So he can obey the law, the human life must obey. And then when he died, he saved us from our sins. And when you come to him now, he transfers the credits of his into your account. So we are saved by not only his death, we are reconciled to God by his death, but we have saved, we are saved by so now, that's why I said, anything you ask the Father in my name. We go to the Father in his name. Because he is the perfect one, who the only one who could keep the law of God. And now when we go to God in his name, we are going to God as people who have always kept the law. But you haven't kept the law. Yeah, you go in Jesus' name, you look like Jesus. So... Even though it's not a fraud or theft, it's like identity. You go in somebody else's ID. Christ in me. So you go with somebody's ID. Somebody's passport. You bought the plane and everything. They didn't know it's not you. Because in the spirit, you look so much like. Thank you, Lord. You look so much like Christ. Christ has come into you and is Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Never delay. Oh, oh, please, please. Don't go there. I, I am crucified with, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ. Wait, wait. I have been crucified with Christ. Give me King James. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm still here. How can a crucified person be around? Yeah. Oh, yet it's not I. But what? But what? When you're a Christian, that means that somebody is living their life inside you. Christ in me. He is not in you just to be a decoration, but it's in you to live inside you. That's what makes your prayers go to God. Hallelujah. That's, that's what you say you're a Christian. That's what it means. A Christian is someone in whom Christ lives. You must learn how to tell your body, get out of here. Because if you don't put it on the cross, it takes the cross to deal with the flesh. If you don't put it on the cross, brood of vipers, the serpent will begin to manifest again. So you always have to, Satan, what he can't stand is the cross. So Paul said in Galatians, I think chapter 4, 16. No, it's not 4, 16. No, it's chapter 6, verse 14, 15, 16. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I am crucified to the world. So that's what I boast about. I don't boast about 
my intelligence, where I live, what kind of car I drive, who I am, it's not necessary. If I, there's anything I should boast, I should boast in the cross of Christ. By, by the cross, I'm crucified to the world. And the world is crucified to me. Why is it that people have become Christian and they are still worldly? That's, that's, that's what breaks my heart about a lot of churches. A lot of people in churches are not Christians. A lot of people in church, they'll just take, when you feel the form Christian, but they are not Christians. They are not Christian. Why would say friendly to be f- f- friends of the world is enemy to you? They don't have a problem. Some of you know people who say they go to church and they do, they will attack any annoy, I fight, fornicate, mess up. They don't care. You're in church, you're thinking, you're preaching. Oh, yeah, I need to go now. Oh, yeah. And we pastors have created a, hev- a haven. A haven for such people. Some of them don't want anything to do with Christ. Some of them are real. The Bible says that you are of your father, the devil. If you're a Christian, then Christ must find an expression in you. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. How can a Christian be found somewhere where worldly people are messing up? So, so, so it's not that, oh, if, they say if you're a Christian, you can't have sex. If you're a Christian, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't. It's not about that. But if Christ lives in you, it will show. You, Christ can't live in you and you live anyhow. Wow, wow. That's going to live in you. It's true. It's true. If it is right, when you are watching the pornography, at another seat, Christ, sit down, let's watch together. <laughs> Ask Jesus to do it with you. And tell me it's right. So, so, when people call blessings, David said, the blessedness of him whose sins are forgiven. How blessed it is for you to enjoy forgiveness of sins. That's the true blessing. That's where it starts. Because if you are not, your sins are not forgiven, you are enemy of God. You are, there's enmity between you and God. You are not reconciled. And Romans, sorry, Galatians, no, Romans, okay, five, five, which one? Both of them says we stand. So let, let's go to the Romans one. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says that, uh, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our, oh man, can't you see that? We have peace with God. A lot of people, a lot of people don't want to hear preaching because they don't have peace with God. They don't have peace. Those of you who, after you became born again, you sinned, you fell into sin, and you were messing up. When you hear true preaching, you feel very uncomfortable. Yes. Sometimes you actually don't want to be in church. Yes. The reason why some people are sinning and they really want to be in church is because they are afraid of demons. So we, in church, we will cast devils. and So that is why. But it's not because they are hungry for Christ. Yes. There is a problem in the church where we have promised people power. So they want that in addition to their normal life. But real Christianity is your normal life must die. That Christ must live in you. That's where Christianity starts from. You are in church. You say, I don't mean I don't talk to her. It is one thing having a behavioral problem. 
It's another thing endorsing your behavioral problem and saying there's nothing wrong. There's something wrong with it. Don't let us say there's nothing wrong because that's what you want to do. It's different if you are caught off guard, misbehaving, arguing. And you know, and you later you say, I shouldn't have done that. That's different. We should, we should understand that. Because we can all make mistakes. We can all be caught off guard. We have come out of the, off the cross and we are fighting. And quickly remember, oh, hey, I'm a, and then you go quickly, go and, go and stay. <laughs> you know, I heard the story of a, a certain gentleman who has been begging for money by the roadside. Blind person. And he's been making money. People give him, please, a pound for a blind man. So when they force in it, thank you. And one day a guy has lost his job. He doesn't have a job and he's been so stressed with money. You know, beggars don't go poor. Or in other words, when whether the economy is good or bad, beggars they don't feel it. Because there's always someone with some leftover. So this guy needed money. And he's been passing here for a long time, he realized that this beggar, I think it's a nice way of making money. So he also went and disguised himself like someone who was blind and sat near the beggar. Some, another, so the, he, the beggar sits here, he was sitting there. But he realized that this guy is still getting the money. He wasn't getting the money. So he moved near him. And still people were giving to the original without him. So he sat near him. He realized the next week he came. He realized that I really need money. So anyway, this guy is blind. I'm seeing they are giving him money. So one day he came and sat near him. And he, before they put his hand in his, the other guy's bowl, the blind man's bowl, and then took some money and put it in his own. And he did a few, and then he went home. The next day, he did the same thing. And now he realized that if I'm not getting money, I'll take money from him. The third day he came. It was towards the end of the day, close of business. He still didn't have, so he was going to nick it. He, put, he stretched his hand, and then the beggar, the blind man, gave him a knock. <laughs> you think I'm not busy? You? <laughs> you think I'm not busy? It's gone on too much. I have to now react. He wasn't really blind, you know. But he's just, all he's been doing is like he's been crucified with Christ. My friend, I'm still alive, but I'm just, I'm just crucified. Hey, sometimes people can force you to jump off the cross. <laughs> but please, quickly go back. Stay. Don't, don't leave the cross. But if you make a mistake and you slip out, remind yourself, oh man, I'm supposed to be dead. We have to make it our slogan. Stay on the cross. Stay on the cross. If you don't stay on the cross, the serpent in you will manifest. The sin in you will make you break the law of God. Stay on the cross. Hashtag. Christ in you. So stay on the cross. Stay on the cross. When you feel so pornographic, stay on the cross. One of the ways to overcome temptation, like pornography, sexual temptation, 
No, because the thing is, that one sometimes is so private, you can't say no. Because the environment, everything is so ripe. And one of the ways you can overcome that thing is start to speak in tongues. It will pass. You know, there have been times you feel very funny in your body, sinful. But if you can focus on the right, after a while it goes. It will go. Sometimes it comes so strong, it's like, I must do something. No, but sometimes when you are so vulnerable, just start praying in tongues. It will strengthen you from the inner man. Just speak in tongues sometimes. I'm just showing you how some of this is. But anyway, the law, I was talking about the Romans chapter 3, remember? Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Oh, you would like this. It's amazing. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Oh. Oh. Have you seen it? Ah, So what's the purpose of this law? It looks like it's telling us something very worrying here. That anything that is said in the Lord is said to them that are under the law. What purpose? That every mouth, you can't boast. Shut up. The law is trying to tell you, shut up. You are not good enough. And all will become. How many will become guilty before God? So nobody is safe then. The law came so that you will be guilty. That it was, your mouth will be stopped. You can't boast about how good as for me, I have always been good. The law of God will catch you somewhere. Law of God will catch you. So one of the reasons why the law came, we know the law is good. The law that was supposed to bring life brought death. So it looks like it's supposed to bring life. But God brought it so that everybody become guilty before God. Hmm, this is this I told you this is not so good news for the law keepers. What? So And then it goes on to say, for all have sinned and fallen short of. Look at verse 20, says that therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. Ah! In the sight of, uh, justified in the sight, in his sight, in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You went for the law and rather rediscovered that you see sin all around you. By the law, you will know what sin is. In fact, there was one of the texts, I don't want to divert and go too much. He said, I was alive without the law. Then the law sprang up. The law came and sin sprang up and I died. I was doing okay. I didn't know I was breaking speed limit. And I was just driving, driving. So one day, they passed the law and made it clear, anyone who does more than 30 on this road, you have broken the law. I used to do 80. I used to do it, but they didn't know. Actually, it was wrong. Until now, they made it a law. I realized, oh! Without a law, you would thought, you would think you are fine. 
until the law of God comes, it's so pure, it comes to show you what fineness is. Then you discover you are so dirty. Wow. Yeah. All along you thought you were fine. Until the law of God came to show what is fine. Yeah. You thought your brown or your cream was white. Until pure white came. And then you realize that your this thing is almost brown. Is somebody getting? So the law was meant to bring life. The law also was given that every mouth will be stopped. Because you can't, do you know what it means? What justified means is that approved. You know, when they manufacture something, it goes through quality control. And if it's approved, sometimes they put a stamp on it. So quality control. QC. Come through QC and then approved. To be justified means that you've gone through God's quality control and, okay, approved, righteous. But you can't do that by the law. By the law shall no flesh be approved by God. That's what it says here. Verse 20, please. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh receive approval. Because you can't do law so much that now God said, good. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Look at the next verse. These are all in the Bible. But now the righteousness, ah, ah, ah. Eh? Because, see, you got the law thinking that by it I'll look right before God. But rather by it, let you start looking dirty. And then it says, righteousness of God without the law, apart from the law, outside the law. But now the righteousness of, of God without the law is money. Hey, where is it? I need that one then. Ah, you can look righteous before God without law. Where is it? Because this law is killing me. Can you show me where it is? It says, The righteousness of God without the law is manifested. This is where I want to. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets say that this one, we can't condemn it. This is even better. We came to do some things. Now, that's what I want to point you. The third thing I want to point you to about the law. The law's job is to point to what can make you righteous. Do you get it? The law came to say, hey, righteousness is here. So he says that you cannot be Christ if the prophets have not spoken about you. Okay, let me put it another way. (laughs) You are a false prophet if you are not talking about Christ. And nothing comes from God that doesn't point to Christ. So all the prophets spoke about him. The law spoke about him. The prophets were witnessing to the righteousness of God outside of the law. That's the mystery of God. I'm going back into mystery. The prophets, from the beginning, all they were saying was one thing. 
God is coming in the flesh. God is coming in the flesh and he's going to give us righteousness. He's going to give human beings righteousness. And the law is saying that you have to be righteous, but we can't be righteous. He said, no problem. There is another thing coming that can make you righteous. And even me, I salute it. He said, the law, witnessed by the law and the prophet. In other words, they stood in the witness box and said, this one is genuine. The law points to, there is another means to be righteous before God without using the law. And the law said, ah, the law says this is even better. The law witnesses to it. Am I, are you getting confused? That is the mystery of God. Righteous. 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 So, so, I was, I was saying something, let me qualify that, about prophecy. Anybody who says I'm prophesying, and he's not talking about Christ, or Christ is not the core of the prophecy, it's not genuine prophecy. Wow. I think in Revelations chapter 19, verse 6, check it for me. Yeah, it's 19.10 instead, I'm sorry. I said 19.6, 1910. And I fell at his feet uh, to worship him. And he said unto me, See, see thou uh, do it not. Angels will always, genuine angels will always resist worship. Yeah. Genuine angels. If you attempt to worship an angel, say, No, please, stop that, stop that. But any time people fell down and worshiped Jesus, he didn't say, Stop it. Mm-hmm. See that you do not, for I am a fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Don't worship me. Let's read the last bit together. For one more time. For the last time, louder. Do you know what that means? If you are prophesying, the heart of prophesying, the core of it is to be testifying about Jesus. How come you are prophesying? And it's the, the core of it, this, the heart of it is not about Jesus. It's, it's prophet lying. It's not, you are not prophesying, you are prophet lying. Because the testimony of Jesus, the spirit, the heart of prophecy is the testimony. That's why I said the law and the prophets testify to the righteousness of God which has been revealed, which has been manifested outside of the law. Romans chapter 3 verse 21. Sorry, 21. That's what we read earlier. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed, being testified to by the law and the prophet. So from here, can you see that the law was, it's a testimony. It's testifying to something. Can you see from here? The law. Oh, okay. Is that why Jesus said, Ah, oh, all right. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. He says that, Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy. Whatever they are saying, now I'm coming to show you. So I'm not opposed to the law. I'm not contrary to. They are just 
they were pointing to me and I've come to, to fulfill the law and the prophets. Are you getting what yes. I'm saying? The law. He said, I didn't con- I come to condemn the law. Moses said, that shall not say. I didn't come to say, oh, it doesn't matter. No. Even though God is going, to, I'm coming to bring you to God without the law. I didn't come to condemn it. Actually, the law, uh-huh. if he said he came to fulfill the law, that means the law actually came to speak about Jesus. Because he's the fulfillment of the law. The law was not given for us to keep. keep. The law was given for us to, f- it for it to, I'm about to leave, the, oh God, this one is so good. I need to hold somebody before I can say it. <laughs> the law was given so it will guide us to Christ. You remember he says that, he says, I see the law of God in my mind. I want to serve the law of God, but in my members, there's this law. So I really want to do, but I can't do what I want to do. I want to do, so he says that thanks be to God. And they said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Because this body is killing me. This flesh body is troubled. I can't do what I want to do. The law of God. So, so the law of God was given to point us to God, so that we can desire, we can look. I'm looking for Him. I'm, I'm looking for Him. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? The law is pushing. I'll show you a stronger scripture. You'll be surprised. It's in the Bible about the law. Every child, if your mom is going to work or going somewhere, you need someone to come and do babysitting. Yeah. Babysitting, or they leave you for with somebody because you cannot, you cannot leave a child on his own or her own. Is that true? Yeah. We, the people of God, are like children. Christ has not come. You can only be saved by faith, but Christ hasn't come for you to be saved by faith. So there must be something that must act like a child minder. We know. The, the law was given to keep us like a child minder. It is like a schoolmaster. It is like a custodian. A guardian. Precisely. So the law was given to serve as a guardian. To keep us going until Christ comes. Because without the law of God, you can't find the people of God. Are you getting it? Let me give you a scripture to show you that I'm not telling stories. Galatians chapter 3. Are you ready for this? These are scriptures that in the mainstream church you will hear people talking about. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you have been in church for, for a while because you used to follow your mother to church and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah this, this is, this is. And have you noticed that I'm just not telling, I'm just trying to show you what the Bible has been saying all along, which people are not listening, are not listening to. Galatians 3. Are you ready for this? This is so good. Good. 20. Okay, let's go to 22. Let's just start from 22. Ah. Okay. So the scriptures have concluded all under sin. 
Everybody is a sinner. That the promise by faith of Christ Jesus might be given to them that believe. Mm. Not only people who have Moses' law. God, the law of Moses was not given to all human beings. It was only given to the people of God at that time, the Jews. Go to 23. Look at this. Are you ready for this? But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith which should afterwards be revealed. So it's like your mom has gone to work, so they have kept you in the house. You can't go out. Because there's no one to take you to the party. So you have to be kept in the house until somebody who can take you to the party comes. Shut up. Say shut up. So we are shut up unto faith. We are shut up. Look at 24. That's a good one. Hey. Is this in the Bible? Oh, wow. I told you. So, wherefore the Lord was our schoolmaster. You are not grown enough to be able to believe by faith. Because Jesus hasn't died for them to be able to. To be justified by faith. So, the law was given to keep them. So they don't watch this. They can be kept as a people of God. So they don't end up messing up. Bring. So God guided them. Guided them. Guided them. That's why they did the commandments. The Ten Commandments. To keep them on a certain path. So you know that when you, are, you go and sleep with somebody's wife, it's a sin. You know that when you commit murder, you are wrong. Because if there's nothing, you'll be doing it and not know it. So then it makes you... That's why you can't have Christianity without... Something telling you what is not right. Because the grace of God that brings salvation teaches us. Yet to say no to ungodliness. So when you are genuinely born again, there are some things, watch this, there are some things you cannot do. You cannot do. How can you be genuinely born again and you're enjoying fornication so much? When you finish, you come and they're cool. No, you are not born again. Because whoever is born of God sinneth not, because the seed of God abides in him. The fact that you are sinning and nothing is bothering you is means that you are not born again. That's straightforward. You are not born again. Because if you are born again, you'll be bothered about your sin. If you are quarreling with somebody and you don't talk to somebody and it doesn't bother you, maybe it's a sign that you are not born again. Yeah. When you quarrel with somebody, you try to get over it. I really didn't like what she said. She hasn't even said sorry. She has not apologized. But I can't hold it against her because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You see, as oh, hello. Hi. Maybe we are not friends the way we used to be, but... Yeah. It's okay. Hello. It's nice. Let me just get on. They say, come on, shake somebody, and then you go, and oh, I can't shake you. You are a fake, phony Christian. Christ is not living in you. Christ is not living in you. Christ is not living in you. How are you fighting that lady because you think she likes the boy you also like? Ah. Whoa, what, what, 
Christian is this? He said, I know what she's trying to do. She knows I like him, and she's also, and, and I, I don't talk to her. I don't talk to her. She's a stupid girl. I don't talk to her. It's the serpent in you. You are a viper. You are a viper. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the works of your father you will do. Yeah, first, first, first. Ye are of your father the devil, and the last of your father ye will do. You will do. Why, why are you allowing a snake nature to manifest freely in you? So the law was serving as a schoolmaster, as a guardian. Give us uh, um, New King James. Let's see. Tutor. NIV. So the law was put in charge to lead us to, oh, New Living Translation. Guardian. It's like a child minder. Guardian? Oh, until we could be made right with God through faith. Wow. Message. The law was like those Greek tutors <laughs> with which you are familiar. Who escort, you see, escort children to school and protect them from danger and distraction, making sure the children will really get to the place they set out to go to. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Please. Let's be honest. Tell me the truth. Is the word of God not so sweet? This is serious. You know, sometimes when I say it, you may think I'm not, I don't mean it. Oh, it's not. But it's just that. When you see it in the, that's what the pastor is supposed to do. As pastor is supposed to open the Bible and show you what he's been saying, which you haven't noticed. And you know what it does to you? It makes you understand God better. And the more you understand God better, the more quality your worship. Listen, music doesn't bring worship. Doesn't matter how good the music is, it cannot inspire true worship. It is revelation, understanding in the scriptures that provokes genuine worship. So you are not a strong worshiper until you know strong about Christ. The Bible or the law was like a schoolmaster. I like this message one. The law was like those Greek tutors with which you are you know what you are talking about. He said you know what you are like. You know and who escort children to school and protect them from danger or distraction, making sure the children will really get to the place. <laughs> so the law is only not to make you know you're a sinner, but it's also as an escort. 
the law is an escort. It's, it's holding your hand. I'm, I'm taking you to Christ. I'm, I'm taking you to the place where you can fully now believe in Christ. No wonder the Bible says that. I did not come to condemn the law and the prophet. I actually came to fulfill them. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 13, he says that the law and the prophets were unto John. So it was prevailing. When John came, John came to introduce Christ. We will continue this. I'll show you in I'll show you from Acts chapter 24, verse 14, Acts chapter 26, verse 22, Acts chapter 28, verse 23. I'll show you from there, and I'll show you in the book of John, in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 27, Luke chapter 24, verse 44, how it is talking about the law and the prophet. So no wonder in Matthew chapter 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration, the one who is in charge of the law. Moses. So sometimes they call Moses. In, in John chapter 1 verse 45, he said, we have found him. John chapter 1 45. We have found him. Philip said, we have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth. The son. The prophet was always talking about Jesus. Moses spoke about Jesus. Uh, the prophet spoke about Jesus. Nathaniel said, we have found him. We have found him. He's arrived. We have found him. So, everything written before Jesus was pointing to Jesus. And then he came to live it. Then the apostles in Acts of the Apostles, they began to proclaim him. Proclaim him. Then the epistles began to explain him. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to explain this mystery. <laughs> that is Christianity. The things I'm teaching you. If you can grasp it, you will be such a powerful Christian man of God. Because you know what that does? It changes how you see Christ. So when you open the Bible, now it serves as an, a filter, a magnifying glass. The teaching you have received serves as a magnifying. You begin to see a lot others don't see. Because you have been trained to look for Christ. And you know how you can easily identify in your studies of the Bible. Don't, don't fornicate. It's not a Christian message. It's not a Christian message. Don't wear miniskirt. It's not a Christian message. Don't masturbate. It's not a Christian message. It's not a Christian The Christian message is Christ. Christ and him crucified. Christ in me. That's it. And when you get that, all these other things begin to fall in the proper perspective. Oh, okay. It all begins to make sense. The picture, beautiful picture. But a lot of people are preaching what is not Christ. So people are listening and becoming more religious, but not Christ-like. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.caris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.